0: Let your snacks be heard. Just go to frito Com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Three Stakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void where prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at frito Com.
1: Well, Matthew, that is a wrap. A wrap on the bubble. A bubble wrap, dare
0: I say. It is over, but I'm very, very, very happy with... um not so much the results but the play. The Suns played really hard. All of a sudden it's over with, but it was kind of a roller coaster of emotions a little bit there, but honestly I am very proud of this team. What do you think?
1: Well, I mean, you have to be. I think that if they gone 7 and 1 and we had missed the playoffs by a game or tied with Memphis in some weird scenario, it would have been like heartbreaking almost to see you come that close, but knowing that they did literally everything they could do And it just wasn't in the cards for him. Now that we're a couple days separated from the end of the Suns season, you look back on reflection and, and reflect and you just go, you know what? I am so damn proud of the Phoenix Suns, what they accomplished, how they presented themselves in Orlando, and you can't help but smile. And the nice thing is we still get the you know number 10 pick potentially coming up in the draft lottery, which will be on Thursday, which we'll talk about in a little bit. But Everything's looking up for the Phoenix Suns, and it's the first time in a while we've actually had been able to have that conversation at the end of a season. So, although it's a wrap in Orlando, uh, it was definitely well worth the time spent there.
0: Yeah, it definitely was. Um, they lived up to the expectations I thought they would bring. Um, there was a lot of talk during the pandemic break about how they would come out, how they would play. They really backed it up, so I'm really proud of that. And uh, it's something to build off of, of course. It's just now you know they're going to have a target on their back next year
1: which I'm okay with. Bring it on, Me NBA. Too. Bring it on. Well, welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Suns Jam Session podcast. He's Matthew. I'm John. Uh, jam, if you will. John and Matthew, we thank you for pressing play and joining us. Make sure that you, uh, you rate, subscribe, and review on the Bright Side of the Podcast network as you will get not only the Suns Jam Session podcast, but fanning the flames as well. So all your quality Suns content in one place. You can also read our writing on Bright Side of the Sun as well. So Definitely uh, worth stopping by there if you like the written word versus listening to us. Uh, A couple other places you can find us is on Twitter. At Darth Voida is myself. Matthew is? At Matthew Lissy. And the pod is at Suns Jam on both Instagram and Twitter. You can go to sunsjamsession.com. You can reach out to the show, sunsjamsession at gmail.com. And then if you're interested in any uh, fun Suns Jam Session merchandise, you can actually go to redbubble.com and look for Suns Jam Session. And you can find some things that are designed by myself. Graphic design is something that I enjoy. So we have some Suns Jam Session Uh, apparel there as well as some other you know kind of phoenix suns apparel that i've designed so if you're interested that goes to assist the show and help us bring that quality content to you so we truly appreciate that Uh, matthew we got plenty to talk about today we're going to talk about the eight no phoenix suns and do a a wrap on the season and then we're going to do the inaugural
0: the jammies
1: end of year awards our year-end awards so super excited for those huh
0: <laughs> yeah it's, it's gonna be great there's gonna be a lot of people here a lot of people um you know showing up with their limos the red carpets rolled mm-hmm. out so, so let's get this thing started let's do it let me pop
1: open this beer <laughs> drop the beat and talk songs no in the bubble I mean you can't fault them for anything they did even if I mean I saw some people were kind of giving DeAndre Ayton some shit on Twitter about his play in the bubble yeah. and I'm like but we went 8-0 and like if Ayton can play you know air quotes subpar and still the Suns finish 8-0 it's a win across the board right
0: yeah like this whole experience could have been so negative if we didn't have Devin Booker if Devin Booker was not on this team and the Suns, you know, lost went 0 and 8, and you got T.J. Warren going off. There's another something. There's something negative there. The way Aiden played, he wasn't too stellar. He had a couple good games, but we have Devin Booker, who's our who's our star now. So he backed up the Suns. They played off of his energy the whole the whole time. I feel like every player was playing defense um, from end to end. They were just um, pretty much unstoppable. It was against the second team a lot of the times, but you know what? They blew them out. They handled business. And a lot of the times in the fourth quarter, Booker wasn't even playing. The starters were not even playing. So that's something to be really happy about, I think.
1: Yeah. I think that I was watching the Suns solar panel with uh, Dave King, Espo, and Tim Tompkins this morning. And I think Dave was talking about how the Suns were, I think, fourth in overall defense in the bubble and second in their first offense. Like, yep they were they they were a force to be reckoned with and it, it was great obviously to see that's what you want to see and i remember right before the bubble started uh we discussed at nauseum a bunch of different articles that people were putting out and i remember the one that said like you know what team is going to go zero and eight and then there's a picture of devin booker standing there and we took yeah. that as like a plight yeah. it's like if anybody's going to go 08,
0: it's the wizards and did they end up losing their game yesterday do you know i'm not too sure Did they go 0 and 8? Because I don't feel like a lot of people remembered they were still in the bubble.
1: They got a win yesterday. They beat Boston 96 to 90, but they almost went 0 and 8. They were 0 and 7 leading into that. But yeah, you know, so the Suns were definitely on the radar of people of what the fuck are they here for? And now Mm -hmm. they've changed that national perspective to where people are like getting creative with it. They're like, hey, you know what? Maybe the Suns should like take the eight seed over in the East because they're all going to be playing in the same. Area yeah. anyways. I mean, I, yeah. I saw a few articles on that and I was just like, how cool is this? I mean, even though it's not plausible, that's what the national media is clamoring for. They fell in love with these sons, and it's just something to be proud of.
0: Yeah, they've been they've definitely been in a lot of interviews lately. Um, it's the websites that like Bleacher Report, now that they're they're very positive with the sons before they were very negative, but they had a lot of reason to be. I feel like um every NBA fan, every media member really thought teams would come out not really rest their players and play hard because we haven't had basketball in such a long time mm-hmm. so with that I think maybe seeing the Suns go 4-4 four 6-2 and, four, six and two was more plausible but honestly with a lot of teams resting then they got their chance to really shine and that's what they did but kudos to them man I, I'm really excited I don't know if I'm excited with all the hype around them I kind of just want to wait till next season I don't want any expectations really yet just because that can do damage to your team. But honestly, they seem like they're mentally prepared. They were in the, in the bubble. You saw the uh, Monty, his little speech after the game. That was uh, fantastic. Th- that was the best speech I've ever seen in my life. That was a great. Very emotional speech. Um, you can tell they're all together and just bring it back again. He wants everyone in that locker room. You can tell he wants them all back. And I would love to see that.
1: Well, and a couple things to piggyback on what you're talking about there. Uh, one I'll talk about the Monty speech. I love the part where he's like, you've been through a lot. And he's talking to Devin Booker and he said it a couple times that you've been through a lot. All that does is fortify to Devin Booker. Like, yeah, I'm in the right place and I'm making the right decision by staying here and being with this man leading me. You know, he, Mm -hmm. he recognizes the struggle that I've gone through and everything that I've sacrificed to make this team better, to make this franchise better, to make this eventually, hopefully a destination for, you know, big time free agents to come and, you know, the top training staffs and all those all those extracurriculars that come with a quality franchise Devin Booker's put in the work and to just see him recognized in front of his peers by his head coach in the manner that he did in such an emotionally charged speech mm-hmm. was just breathtaking and it really like I think the Suns uh, Twitter account posted it. And they're like I'm not crying you're crying like I was mm-hmm. tearing up man I was like so just like it's, it's been, a, like you, you mentioned yeah. earlier, it's been a roller coaster of emotions, and we've been along for this entire ride, and it's been so fantastic, and I do want to run through a wall for Monty Williams. Now, kind of to the other side of that, what you, what you started with on your last point was the expectations are going to fade. You know, you're talking about, you know, I don't really want to be on the radar. I don't want to really have the expectations yet. I honestly think that they will fade. Because what's going to happen now is we're going to go into the first round of the playoffs, and then the second round, then the third round, and then you know, the NBA finals. And by the time the finals come around, which will be October time frame, the 8 No. Phoenix Suns are going to be something that people go, oh yeah, I remember, yeah, they were kind of good. But they're going to be so focused on all these other teams that are in the playoffs and what their potentials are that we, want, we will once again kind of fall to that back burner. Now, based on what happens in these next two months, whether you know via the draft, uh, the draft lottery, which is next Thursday, or the draft itself, which I believe is October 16th, um, we're going to see how much of the hype is built around that. Do the Suns take that pick and trade that pick? Do they acquire a free agent? Uh, cause I, when does free agency start? Do you even, do you know that offhand? I have
0: no idea. I think there was an updated date, um, but I don't remember. So I'd have to just look that up. I don't know.
1: Well, I mean, I know that you don't have Google at your house. Yeah, so <laughs> I know, <laughs> um, but or MSN, I don't know. But uh, says free yeah. agency starts on October eighteenth. Yeah, October so I think 18th. that's right after. Yep. Yeah, so the draft is the sixteenth. The eighteenth is uh, free agent, and the seventeenth is my birthday. So right in between there, uh, I will hit the big three. Very age. cool. Thank you. Thank you very little. Um, but again, with all that going on, that's when we'll really see what the expectation is because there will be hype going into next year based off of what the Suns doing this this offseason. And we're going to have plenty of time to talk about the offseason and what we think about the draft and, and things of that nature. Uh, we'll talk about those at a later date. But just to kind of piggyback again on what you were saying, like I think those expectations are going to fade.
0: Yeah, they might. But honestly, I think that the... The expectations are going to be there for the Suns. I think they know what Monty really hit on when he was talking about in his speech after was you have to make sure that you hold your own like your own way to the to the playoffs. You can't rely on anybody else. You can't rely on any other team because this is what happens. We they the Brooklyn Nets miss a shot and we can't play in the play-in. That's yeah. it was as simple as that. And it was the weirdest thing that Kellis Silver had that shot. Um, to take and it was if, it, if he makes it we're in if he when he misses it we're out. So you can't rely on other teams to like help you, you know, get into the playoffs. So next Agreed. year, every time we play every every game we play next year means a lot because everyone's counts. and I feel like this team really knows that now. Like we mentioned um, before when we went to that Memphis game, if we would have just won that Memphis game last year with Brooke, I think Booker like had an arm soreness or whatever. Yeah. If, they, if we would have won, yeah. It's just like the one game. If you just take every game seriously, just like this bubble, we'll be fine. We'll be sitting in mm-hmm. the fourth or fifth seed, if that.
1: Mm-hmm. Tell me about where you were when Karis LeVert took that shot. Where were you? What was going through your head? Yeah, How I shocked was shocked for you that they were even in the game. <laughs>
0: I was hunched over uh, somewhere. I don't know where I was hunched over at somewhere on the ground. I think it was over my coffee table, but uh, a very, very um, poor shot. It's just like everyone shoots that kind of shot now to win the game. You know, they don't really take the high efficient shot. They wait Mm -hmm. till there's only one second left. He had an all game to get to the hoop and, he just seriously took the worst shot, but I don't believe yeah, what like, What, what can't is be that? We too mad at him, though. Like, why aren't is? guys
1: taking it to the rim? Because you're right. I see it multiple times where guys want the Booker highlight. I mean, that highlight that Booker made over uh, Paul George and Kawhi Leonard is what everybody has in their mind to win the game. But why not just take it to the rack and try to force the issue? Like, Time and time again, mm-hmm. guys will be down one point, and we've seen it with the Phoenix Suns where they'll be down by one point in a game and Booker will shoot one, you know, three feet behind the three-point line. And you're like, what? Why? Like, force the issue. And Karis LeVert was doing the that the entire game. He was he had a plethora of different moves down low where he'd go down their drive, either, either lay it in or do a pump fake and let, get Nurk in the air and have him go flying by then have, you know, a, a little, like, six-footer. And he decided to take that long, too. I mean, it was just... I don't understand the yeah. mentality behind maybe it's just hero ball you know they want that highlight
0: yeah they they do and like actually booker kind of he he's he's shot that shot for a long time a lot of times it doesn't go in Mm -hmm. i mean we've been frustrated for him putting up really poor shots at the end of the game to win the game a lot of them were threes and you see that a lot more where players will shoot the three doing the fade away but um booker shot when he made that he was double covered he had no choice but he still found like the just enough of a crease in the defense with the turnaround to where he can get the shot off. So I think it just takes time. You have to be in those moments a lot. And it it took Booker a lot of time to figure out, you know, this is the better area. This is where I'm efficient from, from the elbow, to get to that spot. You just have to get to your spot and players learn that over time. Lavert, we can't we can't hang our hats like on being upset with him. I feel like we just have to we we have to realize like they Brooklyn played their asses off. They played almost the perfect and they, game. And they didn't And they have still to. won. I mean, they still lost. They didn't. No, they really didn't. But honestly, they're a younger team. They're without, of course, KD and um, three of their four best players.
1: Kyrie fucking Irving.
0: Kyrie, yeah. It's like, but they, they've been playing great the whole time in the bubble, and they wanted to keep it up. And I don't blame them because they're going into the playoffs with no shot from um, mostly the media and probably their fans too as well, where they don't believe they'll go anywhere.
1: Well, I think that caris lavert obviously he's probably never been in that situation at least with brooklyn where he's being relied on to win a game with a shot so i mean again you can't yeah. fault the guy they went crazy uh just trying to make it interesting i really wish that after uh i forget who i think it was carmelo anthony took a three or something and missed yeah. it and, and then uh, open from the yeah, yeah yeah I, once he had the ball in his hands i'm like oh sweet dude like he's he's our uh, he's gonna miss this i thought the nets should have called a timeout and brought in tyler johnson like, give yeah, Tyler Johnson a chance. He was making everything. He, everything, well, La- man. Like, Lavert, he, he knew his spots, and he was hitting Yeah. It.
0: Well, LaVert was – he was going off, too. I mean, LaVert's that kind of a player. I've always loved LaVert. I, I've i mm-hmm. never seen him play this well, honestly, because I never get to see him fully play a whole game. But he seriously was getting any shot he wanted. I like I was more comfortable with LaVert taking it. It just was a bad shot. And I think he knew yeah. it after, too. Oh, he yeah, knew it after. instantly. But did you see that – um Damien Lillard had this look in his eye like it it was kind of like he felt bad they won kind of like he still wanted Booker to be in the playoffs it was like I don't know if I'm just reading too much into it <laughs> he had this look in his eye when he was looking at the camera after the game and I'm like oh like he feels bad I feel like that Booker is not going to be in, in the playoffs
1: well good for you once he missed that shot I just walked away like
0: oh did you yeah, I, <laughs> yeah. oh yeah I
1: mean because I was on, I on just, my couch watching the game the whole time like my fiance is yeah. walking around she's like Brooklyn and uh and Portland, who cares? And I was explaining why it was important. And she's like, no way Brooklyn's going to win this game. And then she, you know, she's kind of going out back, playing with the dog. And she comes in, she's like, oh my God, they're winning. Cause they were up like 10. She's like, I'm like, shh, shh quiet, quiet. And then she's yeah. out, she's out back when it happens. And like, wait, after Mello brick, that ball, I get up from my couch. I start pacing around my living room, watching it, watching it. My hands on my knees, takes a shot, just head down, walk right into my yeah. office, you know, cause we recorded a podcast. Like that, or we didn't record a podcast, but we had that Zoom call with all the Suns fans right after that. And, like, she came inside, saw that I wasn't in there, looked at the score, and they're just like, oh, he's probably not very happy right now. <laughs> you know, what are you going to do? I mean, Karis Levert, 37 points, nine assists, and six rebounds in that game, went yeah. absolutely crazy. You know, I thank you to Karis for, for carrying and trying for us. Uh, I think Milwaukee is more on my shit list. And you can't blame them, obviously. They're the number oh, one yeah. seed. And, you know, but I wish they would have. I, I wish they would have just tried. I mean, like Eric Bledsoe, in mm. typical Eric Bledsoe fashion, didn't do shit. You had the Lopez brothers in there running the four and the five. I mean, it just it wasn't a fun be- It wasn't a fun watch. Obviously, yeah. that game was going on Why the Suns were playing the Mavs in their final game, which they handled easily, which was a fantastic watch. But as I was bouncing back and forth, like it wasn't a game right off the bat. Milwaukee brings oh. it back to like a point and then it's just a blowout. And it's just like, dude, I got to rely on fucking Brooklyn tonight. Ugh.
0: <laughs> you know, I, even before this, I was actually excited to watch the Brooklyn game because they were um, five and two going in and they mm. were playing seriously the hardest they could. And he had Tyler Johnson Yes. and you know, you can tell just, I mean, he was making ridiculous shots, like things that we wanted him to do in Phoenix. But obviously he, he saved it for this big game, but he, uh, But for Milwaukee, I feel like they're smart not to play hard. But you see it from a lot of these playoff teams right now that are in the bubble, that were in the bubble. They really never got any kind of hot streak going. A lot of them were just like, I don't know. Like they can never find anything consistent. Like there's, yeah, there's not one team where I'm like, oh, you're going to watch this team. They're hot. Like even with Portland. Portland Portland maybe was, I feel like Portland's so beatable with any team they play. I do too.
1: But I do think. And we'll talk about this probably a little bit more once we get into the playoffs because the play-in game. We're actually recording this on Saturday afternoon, and the uh, the play-in game is actually going on right now between them and yeah. Memphis. But I think that Portland matches up unbelievably well with the Lakers. I think that the Lakers their their claim to fame is their interior and their size. And when you have Nurchik, Nurkic, Nurkic, mm-hmm. Nurk, whatever, and uh, Hassan Whiteside, I mean, you can match up against itch. them. You can go against. I say th- Nurkic. Nurkic, yeah, that's right. Um, Nurkic and and Whiteside against, like, AD and Dwight Howard, it's, it, they pose problems. You know, if the Suns would, did, yeah. by some chance, get in there and play the Lakers in the first round, it would have been tough, man, because they own the interior. You don't have an aggressive DeAndre Ayton down there, and that's pretty much it. I mean, Sarge is your backup five, so that, it would have been a really tough series where we'll see how the, uh, the Portland Trail Blazers perform against the Grizzlies today and after they dispose of them, as I assume they will, Uh, How they match up with LA, because I think, as I've stated before, Mm -hmm. I think LA is beatable, and I think that Portland's actually a team who can do that. And now that Portland has kind of taken over for the Sun's spot, if you will, like I'm going for Portland all the way, especially against the
0: fucking Lakers. Oh, yeah, they've always been my second favorite team. Like it's like the Suns, and then way down on the list, it's Portland number two. (laughs) And I love Lillard, so I'm definitely going for them too. I just I think the Lakers and we will talk about it of course later but I think the Lakers will close to sweep them. I I I just think a lot of the playoff teams right now are like you said waiting to get into the playoffs and then mm-hmm. really turn it on, especially like the Mavericks just a bunch of a bunch of those teams, you know.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, we'll talk about that one in our next we'll talk uh, about that podcast. We'll yeah, talk about
0: that one Next podcast, next podcast. Yeah, there you go.
1: Um, I do want to go over real quick the first and second team, all NBA, okay. all bubble teams. Yeah. Uh, the second team, you have Giannis, Kawhi, Kristaps Przingis, K- Karis LeVert, Michael Porter Jr. And mm-hmm. on the first team, you have Devin Booker, Luka Doncic, Damian Lillard, James Harden, and TJ Warren. Is there anybody you feel that got snubbed there?
0: Not that I know of. I mean, I... I think Michael Porter Jr. was really great that he made mm-hmm. it on the second team, well earned. Um, everyone on there, even like Giannis, like I don't even know if Giannis was even doing that good. They probably just threw him in there because of his name. Like it's just <laughs> it's so iffy. I feel like anybody really could have made it or could have missed it. Nothing really like stood out to me. No names. What do you think? Was there a name?
1: I think Gary Trent Jr. could have probably made. This there you go. List. That's
0: a that's a name. Yeah. You
1: know, I feel like yeah, maybe right. Ka- Kawhi. Had a decent bubble, but, I mean, he sat a game or two. I mean, a lot of these guys were sitting, as were rightfully so, as they marched to the playoffs. And you look at the teams that had to really fight and put forth a fantastic effort. You look at the Suns, and you look at the Blazers, and they both did that. And I think that Booker is obviously well-deserving of first team, uh, as is pretty much everyone else on that list. But I think when you look at the second team, you could probably slip in uh, Gary Trent Jr. somewhere. So uh, the MVP was Damian Lillard. It's hard to argue Willard. that. Yeah. Um. You know, you want to argue that as a Suns fan, I really do. I think that uh, I was reading on Bright Side of the Sun, Zona Sports put up something kind of making the case for Dame for uh, Devin Booker over Damian Lillard, and I understand his case and his point of view. I just think that Damian Lillard got his team to where we wanted to be, and they went six and two. It's not like they backed. It. If they yeah. went two and six, and he got he was scoring sixty points a game, mm-hmm. like that's different. They backed into it, but like he played big time in big time games to get his team into that spot. So yeah, I think definitely. we agree that he should be the MVP, right?
0: Oh, for sure. He was guarded like no other. I've never seen a guy guarded that. I know, know like a at triple the half team. court. <laughs> yeah. Just insane. It's like, it's, uh it's changing the game. Now he changed the game within the bubble where next year is going to be the same thing for him in big games uh, or continue into the playoffs. Sorry. I mean, I'm assuming they're going to make it, but um I just think he, he deserved it. Well, Um even if like, I don't know if the Suns got in, maybe Booker would have got it. But honestly, I think Dame, he deserved it. I mean, Booker played out of his mind too. But in the future, I just hope like if Booker were to have won it and then never anything else, that would have sucked. You know what I mean? If Booker yes. would have got the bubble MVP, because I feel like next year we'll look at this if we're not doing bubble again and be like, yeah, that didn't really matter. You know what I mean? That's just the way oh, yeah. the NBA is. We'll be like, yeah, you made first team on the all-bubble all, build, all bubble NBA team. So. But if you're like the
1: MVP of the bubble, like what does that award look like? Is it like we'll just a, a little gold thing of, and then you pull it out and like, you can make bubbles with it.
0: Like, I, yeah. Like I a golden
1: they'd... bubble maker.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think it's just like a, it's a round cylinder and it's going to have your picture in the middle. and It's going to be made out of glass. Okay. You'll know, shake it, you know, you'll shake it and there's little, um, what about a snow globe? I don't even oh, know. What okay. No, about. maybe,
1: maybe, no, maybe it's like a snow globe with yeah. your picture in it or a, or like the, or the Orlando stadium. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Matt, Matthew Lissi's picture. I was going to say like the Visa Athletic Center, wherever the, whatever yeah. they call it. That maybe it's in there. Um, Obviously, you know, kudos to Monty, coach of the bubble. Yes. I think that's unbelievably well-deserved. I mean, I don't Definitely. Know if, I don't even think there was an argument there. I mean, he took the Phoenix Suns, the team, with the lowest seating in the West and nearly got us in there. And in fact, you know, he ends the season, what, 34 and 39 for this team, 8-0. I, yeah. mean, I mean, but again, that's just the fortification of the culture and how... That's that. That's what we have moving forward. Is we have the, this coach who is one of my favorite coaches in Phoenix history, uh, Arizona sports history. And to be honest, I mean, and I know it's only been a year, but like I've never seen a coach come in here and just completely change a culture in such a swift manner. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you go through the other major sports. Ken Hunt kind of did that with the Cardinals in, like, 2000. I think he joined the team in 06 or 07 and got us to the Super Bowl in 08. I was a big fan of him. You look at the Phoenix Suns themselves. Like, we've had a lot of great coaches. Obviously, Mike D'Antoni did that. Uh, but I was never, like, a big D'Antoni guy leading into it. Yeah. Like he, he didn't make speeches that I just wanted to run through a wall for him. Like, I, I enjoyed his... The way that he had his style of play, because it reminded me a lot of, and I'm maybe aging myself a little bit here, but it reminded me Mm -hmm. a lot of Paul Westhead, who used to be the head coach at Loyola Marymount University, who still to this day holds the record for most points per game in NCAA history in a season. I think they had like 144 points per game, and that was with Hank Gathers and Bo Kimball. And that's what it reminded me of. But it wasn't somebody who was just like, Monty Williams is just such an unbelievable coach. And I'm sure I'm missing – somebody in there, and I'm sure that the listeners, yeah, the, the, the Jamster listeners will remind me afterwards of, you know, like three coaches like, hey man, you forgot Jeff Horace or something, <laughs> I don't know, but well, I mean, what are your thoughts on uh, Monty as coach of the bubble?
0: You can already see his tenure, like he, it, here in Phoenix, it's going to be, I I would hope he's going to be here for at least four or five years. I think that he really cemented it with the, with the bubble wins, the speech he has, and then you realize how young this team is too. I, I can't imagine another coach we would have that can help this team succeed and especially a young guy like DeAndre Aiden where I feel like he needs a lot of leadership a lot of the um you know the attention that Monte can give him mm-hmm. in a positive way that's that's what's going to help him I feel like get get better and I think him just being there too with Booker and helping Booker understand like you know we have the depth and we have the young guys but together I feel like him and monte and hopefully rubio if he continues to stay here those could be like the three that can lead us into hopefully some successful seasons Mm -hmm. so i can definitely see that mad
1: props to monty what uh as we as we round out this season and we're getting ready obviously going to our jammy end of year awards but at rounding out this season what was your favorite moment of the bubble and what was your favorite moment of this season And did they both occur in the bubble? I don't know. I mean, you tell me, bro.
0: I don't know. I think the shot by Booker has to be the favorite for the moment of the bubble and the season. Like, that's just has to be it. It's um, like the defining moment, right? It really is. I mean, their hot start, like, 7-3, and that was really great. But I can't remember too much good after that. I I really can't. Like, there wasn't really anything that really stood out to me. I'm sure you might remind me of something, but I'm thinking that the Booker shot just – it was amazing how that shot turned a lot of like just this franchise around and his game too around like in the same moment. So that's just – that's my moment of the bubble or I for the whole season for, too. For
1: the, for the whole season and the bubble, I think obviously the bubble, it's got to be the – uh the Booker shot I mean that was a defining moment for this franchise a defining moment for Devin Booker something that puts him on the national stage something that people will recall when they're sitting there and they're doing their all-star voting next year they'll be like oh yeah remember that shot Devin Booker had over Paul George and Mm Kawhi Leonard you know I'm gonna give him a little bit of an edge over player to be named Uh, as far as the season itself prior to the bubble I just think that Clippers game like the third or fourth game of the season when we were at that game and we beat them. I mean, it was just so much fun to be there, so just as a Suns fan, that was super fun, just because, oh, like, yeah, uh, sure. I met Jerry Colangelo that night, I met Paul Westfall, and, you know, prayers up for Paul Westfall to hear he has brain cancer is devastating mm-hmm. to hear that. I mean, that's just, you know, if, if pray for that man, and he's, he's done a lot of great things for this city, uh, both as a player and a coach, and, that's what made that night so special was meeting those guys and then obviously having yeah. the Suns win. Uh, obviously, overall as a, a franchise, yeah, you got to go with the shot by Devin Booker. What was uh, what was the worst part of the season for you?
0: Uh, I think the worst part was just DeAndre Ayan's suspension. I mean, just that night getting the update that he would be out the next 25 games, that was the worst part of the season, for sure. The See, feelings I had from that, that was just miserable.
1: Yeah, that was – it was a kick in the nuts because it, it was right after the first game they really came was. out and they kicked the shit out of the kings and you're like hell yeah this is going to be a great season i just you could see it on the court the way they were moving the ball the addition of rubio javon carter played yeah. great in that first game yep. too and you're just like okay this is going to happen and then all of a sudden to be robbed of your second year all-star potential you know center uh really sucked um so i do agree that i mean that's in the top 3 for me but i would have to say that the the lowest point of the season for me was on a date that happens but once every 4 years and that was february 29th 2020 you know it's a leap year so we got a february 29th and that's when the suns lost 115 to 99 to the golden state warriors and there's a couple different reasons that that was just unbelievably frustrating for me as a suns fan one we had just lost to the pistons the night before And the Pistons are one of the worst teams in the NBA. And we come back, and then we lose to Golden State, who's like the worst team in the NBA. So at that point, you know, you feel like the season's getting away from you, that the motivation from the team has been lost, that they've lost their way, and we're going down another rut of Phoenix Suns, you know, uh, another Phoenix Suns abyss, if you will. And the other reason that night stands out in my head is that's the night that somebody broke into my truck and stole my golf clubs and smashed all my shit. Uh, So after watching the game, I walk out to the parking lot and all my shit's just gone. and So, I mean, that's, that was kind of the low point of the season for me. But coming back, the high point of the season, again, has got to be the Devin Booker shot, because I don't think there was any single moment in this entire season where I scared other people with my screaming and yelling on how excited I was. So
0: <laughs> Yeah. No, the, the bubble saved this franchise, I think. It did. Definitely. Big it, time. I could not imagine an offseason where we didn't have the bubble. That would, it would have sucked.
1: Amen. All right, after this break... It's gonna be the Jammies. All right, Matthew, it's that time. It's time for the first annual the Jammies end of year awards. It's kind of like the Grammys, Matthew, but it's the Jammies. You like it? I like
0: it. I mean, (laughs) yeah, I like it. it. It's not the pudgy. Of course, I like it. Huh? It's not not the the first thing I think of. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, I know. I'm like, ooh, jammies. Let's get snug. (laughs)
1: So here's how we do this. We have different awards that we're going to give out. And we're going to not only give these to the team, but also players in the league. So this is also an opportunity for us to talk about some other members in the league and what we think, uh, if they're deserving of the jammy award. Sound good? Let's do it. All right. So the first award, Matthew, is the Big Dick Book Award, a.k.a. the Team MVP Award. Obviously, I'm giving this one to Devin Booker. Hell, he's the one who this award is named after, Big Dick Book Award. (laughs) Uh, He's clearly the team MVP. I think there's a minor argument you could try to make for Ricky Rubio, but it's not much of one. Big Dick Book going to Big Dick Book. What are your
0: thoughts? Oh, same. Same. Big Dick Book Year One. He's the award winner, and then for the future future winners, uh, I'm not sure they've, the shape of the trophy, but we'll be <laughs> handing it off to some future winners. Where they, they've got to live up to it. They got to live up to it. But yeah, no doubt it's Devin Booker on this one. All right. So who do you give the Big Dick Book Award for players in the NBA? Uh, I would give it to um, I would give it to LeBron. But honestly, I don't know. I mean, if you're talking MVP, I think that. It's going to be – I would choose I would choose LeBron. Okay, and that's what, you should, what you're what so, you doing. You're
1: choosing. You don't have to do what everybody LeBron. else is going to choose. <laughs> and I'm choosing Giannis, okay? okay. I think that – this is the frustrating part real quick about all the, the end-of-year awards is the fact that they didn't account for the bubble, that all the ballots were mailed in prior to the bubble. Because I think when you talk about like all-NBA third team, Big Dick Book could have been on that based on his, his performance in the bubble. And Ben Simmons, who's most likely going to be an all-NBA third teamer, didn't isn't he didn't finish the season, you know, and with the knee. So I think that it's unfortunate that they didn't take into account the bubble. But when it comes to the MVP award for the season, the bubble doesn't matter in my opinion. It's it's Giannis. Giannis led his team to the best record. Giannis was dominated this league all season long, and he did it without looking at the camera every five seconds. What's your case for LeBron?
0: So LeBron's case is, of course, he had a different team last year, but I think he. He has Anthony Davis, and I think they're they're <laughs> they're two of the top three players in the NBA. Yeah, this is this isn't the <laughs> the, the
1: best duo in the in the league award. This is the big dick <laughs> book award, okay? This yeah. is LeBron. He didn't. He's a he's
0: a great I, player. Don't I, I get me fear wrong. him. He, I fear him the most. I fear him the most. You fear him more than
1: Giannis. Oh yeah. I don't. Yeah, I don't in any sure. way, shape, or form. In big,
0: in big games, I fear nah. LeBron just because he's been there right now. Le, um, Giannis, I have not seen it yet. Giannis has to win those games to get him to the finals. Giannis doesn't, doesn't have anybody
1: next to him. He's got Eric Bledsoe, Brooke Lopez, and like Chris Middleton, who is a good player, but yeah, he, it's like, like I say, cast. he's not a good player. Or he's he's above a good player, but not a great mm-hmm. player. Whatever that is in the middle, that's where Chris Middleton lives for me. And I just mm-hmm. think that, you know, LeBron's like, I need everybody I can around me. Bring let's let's call up all my old buddies. Hey, what up, A D? Hey, what yeah. up, Rajon Rondo? Hey, Dwight Howard. Come to the Lakers. I mean, the guy's a fucking
0: He's yeah, there are bu- I mean, a bunch of has-beens on his team, so yeah, that's that's and why it's pay more for difficult. the playoffs.
1: No, all right. I don't even care. all right. Let's, <laughs> why don't you introduce the next award?
0: The next right. jammy. The next award is the skeleton key award for the player who unlocks everything for his team. Who would that be for you? For the Suns in NBA?
1: Okay, so for the Suns, it's got to be Ricky Rubio. Ricky Rubio unlocks this team. We see that when Ricky Rubio isn't on the court. When there's games where he's missed, especially during that kind of his paternity leave time frame, and when he had a couple injuries this season, the Suns don't look anything near like a professional team. Their ball movement all of a sudden stops. All the players become a black hole. Nobody's setting each other up. And you talk about a skeleton key. What does a skeleton key do? It unlocks the offense. It unlocks the team. And I feel like Ricky Rubio does that. And he even does so on defense. You know, he's kind of an underrated defensive point guard. He's not spectacular, but he he does just enough to help out the rest of the team. So for me... For the Suns, it's Ricky Rubio. Do you agree, or do you have somebody else?
0: Oh, yeah, I definitely agree. He's close to, like you were saying before, where he was almost like the MVP, but you got to give it to Book just because of his stats. This one's kind of like almost the same thing with Ricky Rubio, but uh, so I, I'm choosing Rubio just because of the same reasons you pointed out. I think it's it's hard to underestimate what he brought to the team. I think that a lot of people just underlooked it, and he feel I feel like he's still underestimated, too, as a player. Um, and yep. it's it 's a different team without him on the court, so he is my skeleton key my, my skeleton key in the closet award <laughs> or whatever so it is.
1: so who 's your skeleton key award for the nBA
0: <laughs> for the nba i 'm actually going to go with your boston Celtics going to be Kemba walker okay. i think he yeah definitely the best addition this team could have done they Last year, just a miserable year with Kyrie Irving. Now you got Kemba Walker, a complete point guard, bringing out everybody's talents, everybody's skills to an elite level to get this team to the playoffs again. And like you said, they're, they're a team to fear in the playoffs as long as he's healthy. So if he's healthy... He is their skeleton key in the closet award.
1: <laughs> there's, no, there's no closet involved, but you know okay. what? Maybe maybe we'll change the name of the award just for you. These are the inaugural jammies, so maybe it'll become the skeleton key in the closet award. Um, my skeleton key in the closet award for the NBA is Chris Paul. I think that Chris Paul has done an amazing job unlocking the Oklahoma City Thunder's offense and defense. And it really wasn't expected that he was going to do that this year. Kind of yeah. in aligned with Kemba Walker. I think Kemba Walker was expected to do it. And what Kemba brings to the Celtics is more of an off-court presence that's positive mm-hmm. versus talking about flat earth like Kyrie used to and just scaring Jason, poor little Jason Tatum. Um, but I think that Chris Paul, the way that he is, come into Oklahoma City and really done a great job taking that three-guard offense, essentially, that they like to run and making it effective to the point where they are you know, a team that's low-key, not skeleton key, but low-key going to be feared by teams in the playoffs. Like That's somebody you don't want to play. They drew the Rockets in the first round. Uh, the Rockets are going to be without Russell Westbrook for a little bit, so he might unlock beating Houston, and I think uh, it's going to be quite interesting.
0: Yeah, no, that's a good one, man. Thank I'm very you. happy you chose that one because it's a team I like to root for now. Chris Paul, especially – Back in the day, I wasn't a big fan, really. But now I'm just, I really like his old man game and everything he's bringing to that team. The
1: old man game. Yeah, you like old man game, just like LeBron. All right, so the next award (laughs) is the Matthew's Dad Award. So for, for the Jamster listeners, you know that Matthew, for some odd reason in his head, thinks that Eddie Johnson is his dad. And Eddie Johnson was a fantastic sixth man. So this is our sixth man of the year award, <laughs> the Matthews dad award. <laughs> yeah. So for the Phoenix suns, I have Mikhail bridges. I did this based on the season overall, not just the bubble. Cause if it was just the bubble, it's clearly Dario Saric. And I hope next year we're sitting here having this conversation about the Matthews dad award. And we're giving it to Dario because we've a brought him back and B he's embraced yep. his role. But if you look at the totality of the season, I think that Mikael Bridges did the best job coming off the bench. Uh, I think he started a total of 32 games of the 70 something games. So uh, he is my Matthews dad award for the sons. Yeah. Who do you have?
0: So Sarich, I was going to choose, of course, but he can't because he's played so well in the bubble with the sixth man, but he was mostly starting the whole year. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm going to choose Javon Carter just for the reason uh, he, he wasn't so consistent during the season, but you had the bubble experience in the beginning of the year. So you kind of mush them together. That's like good 30 games or so. He played very well off the bench, I think. And honestly, we have like the backup point guard. We got to pay him, but we have our backup point guard now. So that really hit home to me to where that was a need. I feel like the Suns have needed for a while. Uh, we started our backup point guards a lot in the past, but that hasn't, <laughs> that hasn't worked. But I feel yeah. like we have the guy that can come off the bench and uh, support Ricky Rubio. And he's always been your guy all along, but now he's my guy for this award. He's everybody's Dad's guy. Award.
1: The Matthew's Dad Award. All right, so who do you have in the NBA
0: earning the sixth man, a.k.a. Matthew's Dad? Um, this is actually a favorite. I feel like Dennis shorter. Okay. From OKC. Mm -hmm. Uh, He, honestly, I feel like he was always maybe going to be a starting point guard playing in Atlanta. I always wanted the Suns to get him to kind of run the offense. I loved his game. But what he's done in OKC coming off the bench is tremendous. And then, of course, you have the three-point guard starts where it's him, um, SGA, and then you got Chris Paul. Those three together are fantastic, but with him coming off the bench, scoring 18.9 points a game, Ooh. and a four assists, I mean, that's fantastic, man. I, I'm i going to choose him. Who do you got?
1: I actually have a combo between Lou Williams and Montrose Harrell. Okay, I think that's that good those, those guys combined go for 36 a game coming off the bench. And I know it's I'm cheating, but you know what? It's the jammies. I got to do what I want. And I really just think that (laughs) Lou Williams and Montrose Harrell coming off the bench for the Clippers is the best. I mean, statistically, it's like the best uh, six-slash-seventh-man combo in the history of the NBA. Uh, So that's who I give it to.
0: Very, very good, man. So what do we got here next? So next we got the mad max award which is the most improved award now do you Um, know
1: why it's called the mad max award nope
0: i was just gonna ask you that why (laughs) the hell is it called mad max award
1: so it's called the mad max award because the first mad max sucked and the second one was awesome it was the most improved (laughs) they completely improved over the first one and i'm sure i'm i'll have some listeners who don't agree with that but you know what the most improved award the mad max award is uh that's what we're calling it so who do you have for that
0: So most improved, I honestly think you have to give it to DeAndre. Ayton. as like, even though he didn't play the whole season, I feel like the improvements on defense was key for this award. He dramatically improved and it was well known around the league that he was not a good defensive player coming in, but then you saw it this year where he improved a lot. Um, Maybe on the offensive end, not too much, but his stats did increase. Um, He's doing better. He's not at the level he would be in year four, of course, but he's still getting there. He's progressing. So I think the progression out of him is enough to to earn this Mad Max award. Of course, you can probably say um, maybe Mikkel Bridges, but I think that was more in the bubble. So I'm going to go for the mm-hmm. whole season. Uh, DeAndre Ayton, who you got? Uh,
1: this is the first one, well, other than the Big Dick book and the Skeleton Key, so... <laughs> So this is clearly not the first these are one. The best names, I love these names. <laughs> I know. Thank you, thank you. I spent a lot of time coming up with these. Um, yeah, I completely agree. That's DeAndre Ayton. You look from year one to year two, and it sucks again that we missed twenty-five games of him because you would we would have seen more of an impact on his development. But yeah. DeAndre Ayton, year one to year two, you look at his metrics, and it's not something that really overly stands out if you're looking at the metrics themselves. If you look at his rookie season coming in as the number one pick in the NBA draft, obviously you have a ton of uh, uh, pressure on you to perform, and he did well I mean he had sixteen point three points per game and ten point three rebounds per game and he finished this season with eighteen point two so an improvement by two points and eleven point five rebounds so an improvement by one point two rebounds so that that's great unto itself, but again, his defensive you know as you mentioned his defensive capabilities his ability to really kind of slowed the game down on that side of the court. It's something that not a lot of people – well, people are starting to talk about a little bit, but not mm-hmm. a lot of people truly recognize that that's becoming a clear strength for him. And, again, he's the Mad Max Award winner because he, he came back and did an unbelievable job of answering – You know, he could have he folded on defense and punted on it and said, you know what, I'm really going to focus on trying to put up 25 points a game. And he's like, you know what? I'm going to try it on both ends of the court. You know, obviously, mm-hmm. would I like to see him be a little bit more aggressive offensively. Yes, but you know what? I can, if I don't have to rely on him to be my second leading scorer all the time, and I can, he can focus on defense, I'm all for that as well.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, so, who do you got for the NBA?
1: Brandon Ingram, and I think yep. that I'm not obviously alone in that. I think it mm-hmm. does come down to Brandon Ingram, and God, there's somebody else who everybody's really talking about. But Brandon Ingram's the guy for me. He's somebody who. Didn't play overly well in his first year in New Orleans following being traded. Or is this
0: his first year in New Orleans? Yeah. Okay. So, yep. He was a Laker last year.
1: Okay. And he didn't play well with the Lakers. So no, I think no that I love, <laughs> yeah, I know. I love Brandon Ingram. I love his game. He's somebody that I've always been a big fan of. And I think that he really stepped up his production this year. I mean, you just mm-hmm. you look at the fact that he became an all star this year while playing with uh, New Orleans. He yes. went from 18.3 points per game last year with the Lakers to 23.8 with the New Orleans Pelicans. And he, every metric goes up. His rebounds are up by a rebound. His, his assists are up by 1.2. And he's an integral part of that offense and that future in New Orleans. Who do you have?
0: Yeah, I was going to choose him too, probably. Um, but we should create another award where it's like um, Kyrie or LeBron fucks your season up and then you come back and play the way you were before, kind of like Jason Tatum. I like that award. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Kyrie or LeBron are going to come up and just destroy your season. But next year you'll be back and you'll be better than you were the year before this year. Uh, that's the Jason Tatum will win that award. But honestly, <laughs> I was going to choose Brandon Ingram too. I think it was well-deserved. Um, with uh, the all-star nod that he got. And honestly, he's, he's played fantastic the whole year. I know in the bubble wasn't the same, but I had to choose him definitely. And then the other honorable mention is uh, Bam Adebayo yes. from Miami. Um, that's probably the other one, but I'm going to go Brandon Ingram because I feel like he improved drastically the most, especially being his fourth season.
1: Okay, so we agree on that one Yeah. Uh, on both of them. We both picked Aiden and Ingram for our Mad Max Award winners, both with the yes. Suns and in the NBA. All right, our next jammy is the Uncle Jesse Kitsopoulos Award for the best hair. Who on the Suns has the best hair,
0: Matthew? That would be Kelly Ubre, right? I don't know. Because you Because he, sh- he shakes it. He shakes <laughs> it. He shakes, <laughs> he shakes it. He shakes that hair. Yeah, anything that has to do with style, um, anything that is a body part, Kelly Oubre. <laughs> I don't even know what that means. Kelly Oubre definitely wins this one because <laughs> uh, – he, he, he's had the longer hair. He shakes it after the dunk. He does everything he can with his hair. Um, I mean, he makes it look fantastic on the court. Uh, it's the only one that really sticks out to me when you're talking about the Suns. I know, um, Cam Johnson grew out the hair long, but the whole season, definitely Kelly Oubre. Well,
1: I'm going to throw a curveball at you for this one. What's My that? uncle Jesse Kitsopoulos award for the best hair on the Phoenix suns, Aaron Baines. Two reasons. Oh yeah. One, the top of his hair. Is always like perfectly combed. He's got a perfect waft going on. It's red, so it's different. And then he's got the big fucking beard, man. That's hair too. Yeah. So I true. give it to I you give it what? to Aaron Baines. You know, you think you'd go Ricky Rubio, perhaps he gets an honorable mention for the man bun mm-hmm. and the way that he plays with it all game long. But I'm going Aaron Baines on this one.
0: No, that, now, that, that, that's great.
1: <laughs> uh, if you look at the NBA's best hair, I was looking at ranker and ranker actually gives it to ja morant Ubre was actually number three on their list oh wow i'm going with the nets jarrett allen i love that Uh, i love love the old fro and especially wearing that brooklyn uniform it just it looks clean and maybe it's (sighs) i it's recency bias because i watched them play the other night against portland but the jesse katsopolis award for best hair in the nba goes to jarrett allen for me What about you?
0: (laughs) That's great. That's a great pick, especially with him playing his ass off to try to get the Suns in the playoffs. Mm -hmm. Um, I think, honestly, it's a little bit different take, but Lonnie Walker had, like, the really crazy hair, and then he cut it off emotional reasons. He actually uh, sent out a post a while ago about why he had the long hair. But his hair was awesome. So I think for an emotional standpoint – He's got, like, the Cam Newton. Yeah, 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 definitely. And um, Pineapple head. But now it's gone. now it's just clean shaven, so I think just for you know the story, I'm going to go with Lonnie Walk okay. Jr.
1: okay, what's our next award? We just got a few next, more here.:
0: Yeah, the next word is uh, the surprised the fuck out you <laughs>
1: You just can't read, can you?
0: the surprise hard. the surprise the fuck out of you award for the guy who surprised the fuck out of you this year. <laughs> so who surprised who? the fuck out of you honestly it has to be cam johnson right
1: if that's your pick
0: yeah i know i always ask every time i know yeah, so cam- Do you tell me who
1: your <laughs> words are don't ask me it's this guy right am i right am i wrong
0: i don't know yeah so i'll choose cam johnson just because he was the 11th pick and everyone didn't know what the hell the sons were doing we didn't know what he would be like i know he's a sharp shooter but he's improved so much more than just being that player that's a shooter from the outside but he's put up some great stats. He worked his way into the starting lineup. That might be something next year they might consider. So I'm going to go Cam Johnson because I didn't know what the hell we were going to get in that guy, but he proved to be a great pick at that spot.
1: Well, you're not wrong there. I mean, Cam Johnson is somebody who definitely surprised the fuck out of me. Uh, I knew that he'd be a great shooter, but his development in the bubble is what's I think the most surprising for me. But I'm going with Javon Carter on this one because when we received him for Josh Jackson this past offseason – I didn't know who he was, nor I really did I have any expectations for him coming in. Essentially, it was like, oh, man, we got rid of Josh Jackson. Good. The guy's not playing well for us, and, you know, he's kind of a cancer. Oh, and we got this Javon Carter guy back. Okay, yeah, whatever. And then he surprised the fuck out of me. I mean, he came out in that first game against the Kings, played great defense, continued to play hard all season long, uh, had a fight and claw for every minute that Monty would provide him, and he earned those minutes to the point where he's, quickly become a fan favorite and actually just won the Dan Marley hustle award for the Phoenix suns. So that surprises the fuck out of me. Who, uh, who surprised the fuck out of you from an NBA level?
0: Uh for NBA, honestly, I think it would have to be, and I'm going to go back to Jason Tatum a little bit. I think that his game, I know we're not really the biggest fan and of him, but honestly, I think that from such a poor year last year, I kind of thought maybe he he was just so overblown the first year mm-hmm. to where he would come back this year and still have kind of a shitty year. But I was really surprised about he, how he took this season more seriously. I, of course, he had a better point guard this year. But I'm going to go with him on this just because I feel like he got back to his all-star status. So I'm really surprised by that. Okay. So quickly.
1: Surprised the fuck out of you. All right. Uh, the guy I'm choosing is some a guy who scored 3.3 points per game last season. And now is scoring 13.5 points per game this season. That's Duncan Robinson from the Miami Heat. This guy surprises the fuck out of me, man. Like, you look at him, and, and he looks like like your accountant, you know, like he's yeah. going to crunch the numbers on your taxes. You see him once a year, and you're like, oh, hey, man, uh, by the way, here's my W4s <laughs> or whatever, my 1080 EZs, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but he comes out, and he's in fuego from beyond the arc. You know, this year, 44.6% from downtown. Last year, 28.6%. I mean, he was a cast-off. He's not somebody who was supposed to really do anything. And now he's an um, integral part to a Miami uh, Heat team that might make some ripples in the playoffs this year. So he surprised the fuck out of me and scared the shit out of me too. If, the, if, there, if that was an award, I'd give him that one too because the guy really scared <laughs> the shit out of me. <laughs> All right, the next award is the Bob Gunton Award, a.k.a. the Defensive Player of the Year Award. Do you know who Bob Gunton is? Nope.
0: Who is he?
1: Bob Gunton is the actor who played Warden Norton in the Shawshank Redemption. Okay. So I'm going to go with the Warden, Mikael Bridges, for this one, our Sons Defensive Player of the Year. I don't think it's an argument. What do you think?
0: Not an argument, no. I mean, you could say maybe Javon Carter, maybe the improvement with DeAndre Ayton, but um, no. I mean, he's our, when you think defense with the Suns, it's Mikael Bridges. Mm-hmm. Anything what... extra is Cherry on the Sunday. Ooh,
1: I like Sundays. What uh? What, what do you do they? on on national level? Who's in the NBA? Who's oh, national defender?
0: level has to be the um, not LeBron. LeBron, <laughs> yeah, Giannis. Get fracked. Get yeah. <laughs> Giannis, I think Giannis is just he's out of control on defense. I mean, obviously he's like the longest, longest guy in the NBA. The height playing center, but he can play. He can honestly match up with anybody on the court. Um, whether it's um, the, you know, the guards, the the wings, or something. What's so funny? So stupid. No, I just, I, I was just like sounding so stupid trying to explain this. But uh, honestly, I think he's just out of control on defense. And I just, the, the reason why I love to pick him is because he's so great on offense, but then he brings it on the other end just as much. Yeah, almost so sounds like I,
1: an MVP, you know? Like, so he yeah, just affects like... everything on both the <laughs> offensive and defensive
0: end. I know. I, I didn't want to even say it because I didn't, you know, I knew you were going to say that.
1: <laughs> well, I'm going with Kawhi Leonard. And I know that I'm in the minority here, I know that he had a, plenty of load management. So we didn't get to see him play lockdown defense as much as we normally do because they're saving it for the playoffs. And I know that Anthony Davis and Giannis and Rudy Gobert, those are typically the top three on a lot of guys' ballots. But I'm going with Kawhi Leonard because he's a different kind of defender. When you have people like Devin Booker as your primary scorer on your team, Giannis isn't going to be guarding him. You're not overly afraid of Giannis when you go against Milwaukee from a defensive standpoint, because you know that your primary score isn't going to be negated due to his defense. But when Kawhi Leonard's out there, you're like, oh shit, this guy could really shut down Booker. So I'm just zigging when you, while you're zagging, just because I think that it's something a little bit different. Uh, You don't see a lot of guys give respect to the guards and the small forwards for the defense that they're playing as much, you know, as much as they do to the, the big guys. So that's who I got for my Bob Gunton award winner. What do you Very have? Cool. What, what's the next award, Matthew? Next we got award, let me three see more. If I can
0: read this: the Acid Jeans Award. So it's for the most wash player, aka how this guy gets minutes.
1: <laughs> Acid wash <laughs> jeans, man. Just these guys are washed. Like how is They're this totally guy getting washed. minutes?
0: <laughs> yeah, so I'm gonna choose. I think we have the bulls. It's probably Okobo, just because yeah, he really agreed. disrupted a lot. But we we had some health problems. But I think Okobo came in and used up some minutes that really cost us some wins. Uh, I think he was that dramatic. I think that seriously, with him not playing in the bubble helped a lot. But him getting minutes was just like, I don't understand what you want to see out of this guy. He's not going to do anything different. Um, I know you want to give him some confidence. But, you know, we have to win these games. And it really, I think it tore the Suns apart this season.
1: I completely agree. I mean, Elliot Kobo is the guy who you're like, how is this guy getting minutes? Yeah. And at the same time, he's washed up already at like yeah, two years no. in. He's just <laughs> he doesn't have a defined skill set. You know, he's good at a lot of things, but he's not great at any one thing. He can't really uh-huh. run the point. He can't really play defense. He can't really shoot. He can drive a little bit, but I mean, I just I don't know what he is. And unfortunately, because he hasn't defined his game, he's he's acid jeans award winner for me. Who's your acid jeans award winner in the NBA?
0: All the Lakers supporting cast <laughs> besides Anthony Davis. I like it.
1: <laughs> it's just like if,
0: if LeBron was not in the league, if LeBron was not on the Lakers, these players would not be getting minutes. Um, you know, yeah, I don't even know where to start, but basically I can't remember the roster right now, but I know a lot of <laughs> all those guys that are on the bench. You know, they, they wouldn't be getting the minutes they would on other teams. J.R. Smith, I mean, I know he brought him back. Um, and then also you have um, – oh, God, who's their freaking – Rajon Rondo. Dress. Yeah, Rajon Rondo. Yeah, it's just like, I don't know. A lot Cook. of these, Just the players, yeah. So, I, I think anybody on that, the supporting cast for Lakers, that's who I'm choosing.
1: I put a J.J. Barea because I still don't know how okay. this guy's getting minutes, man. He's like 85 years old. Yeah. And Dallas yeah. still plays him like a ton of minutes. So, yeah. that's my acid jeans award winner. <laughs> uh who's your national media award winner for the guy you can't trust
0: you can't trust so for the Suns, Mm -hmm. i mean i don't want to say okobo again you couldn't really trust them on the court but honestly are we just talking about on the court too right just court yeah because i don't know them really but yeah so i would i would choose (laughs) i would choose a kobo i don't want to choose them back to back here but Honestly, he's just some guy you didn't want to see on the court and you couldn't really trust him. A lot of the times during the season too, um, towards the end of games, Booker you really couldn't trust. I know that's weird to say now, but that's the way it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's definitely, you know, eclipsed that to where you don't have to worry about him now. But I'm going to choose a Kobo for this one just because I didn't want to trust anything he was doing on the court.
1: I uh, I gave it to Booker's three-pointer.
0: Okay, I mean, I think that oh, one nice. thing I
1: can't trust is Booker's consistent mm-hmm. shooting from three. You know, don't get me wrong, he had a great year scoring. Uh, I think he ended up with, what, like 26.6 points per game. But you look at his overall numbers when it comes to shooting the three ball, and he shot 35%. And I'm sure if I yeah. was, were to extrapolate those numbers into clutch time threes, it falls drastically. So the National Media Award for the guy you can't trust, for me it's Booker's three-pointer. As yeah, for on a strange. national level, the NBA, uh, I'm going with Portland's defense.
0: It's oh, something okay. that
1: it's, it's definitely recency bias, but obviously I've been watching a lot of Portland recently, knowing that they needed to lose a few games and uh-huh. their defense, although on paper, it looks like it should be better than it is. It's uh, you can't trust it. You can't trust it. I mean, they are at the point where they have to rely on Damian Lillard to do everything just to keep them in the game because they can't stop the opposition. I mean, right now, again, we're recording this on Saturday. Portland's up on Memphis with five minutes left in the second quarter by a point. Memphis and Memphis is a depleted squad that has like John Morant and Valachunas. And that's like it. Um, but again, I can't trust Portland's defense. What are your thoughts on Booker's three and Portland's defense for the national (laughs) Great,
0: Yeah. For, for men, for a guy you can't trust. Definitely some, some great nominees right there by John (laughs) or some great winners. Um, if I'm going to choose national media, I'm going to choose, um, I was going to say like Carmelo Anthony's three or anything he does, but honestly, who can you who can't you trust more than um eric Bledsoe? i was about to say yeah who, who can't you trust more i mean of course he screwed the suns over a little bit but i just i don't trust him on that team with Giannis. and this is another case where i'm making for Giannis to be mvp <laughs> where it's like you can't trust him to be on that team every every time every new award i'm giving Giannis the mvp which i gave lebron james but uh yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna not trust uh eric Bledsoe.
1: Okay, I, that's an outstanding pick because you're dead yeah. right and he fucked us over Can't again the other him. day. All yep. right, two more two more awards. What do we got?
0: The next award is the Steely Dan Award. Back, Jack, do it again. Woo. The guy you want to bring, the, <laughs> bring back to do it again. <laughs> I'm having the hardest time reading these, you know? Well, how strange. So yeah, it's the guy <laughs> you want to bring back to do it again. So for the Suns, I'm choosing all of them. Bring them all back. Bring this whole team back. Like Monte okay. said, he likes the whole, um, you know, he likes the locker room he has right now. So why not just bring them all back, including Kelly Oubre? I think that would be nice. there would be another addition, but I want all these players back for sure.
1: All right, what about on a national level?
0: National level? So I'm not really sure who will be back with the Lakers with LeBron. <laughs> so No, but honestly, national level, I kind of want to see um, – Oh, I was going to say Giannis, but I forget he expires next year. I was like, bring him back. To, yeah, he'll, uh, he'll, the he'll be back.
1: He'll be back. <laughs>
0: so that doesn't even count anymore. So you go ahead while I go ahead and think of somebody else because that was my guy, but I just realized he's not a free agent. All right. Agent so for, for
1: me, the Steely Dan award, the back, Jack, do it again award mm. is Dario Saric. Like, I want him back on the Sun so much next season. You know, yeah. he is a restricted free agent. We can provide a qualifying offer. He will receive other offers without a doubt, especially with his performance in the bubble, but I hope the Suns somehow, some way bring Dario Sarge back. He is a fantastic addition to this team. He's exactly what we need on this team next season to be successful and have that solidified bench. Uh, as for the NBA, DeMar DeRozan. I want DeMar DeRozan, who is an unrestricted free agent, to sign with the Spurs again so they suck again. I'd really like that. You know, he's a guy who is kind of Bookerish in his game that he's not a three-point shooter. He's a mid-range guy, but he's not nearly as good, I feel, as uh, Booker is. Mm-mm. So if we could just get DeMar DeRozan to run it back again in San Antonio and they don't make the playoffs, I'd be happy with that.
0: Yeah, ever since he's been there, he hasn't been an all-star, so that's a great selection. Um, I want uh, Zion Williamson just to come back healthy next year. That's okay. what I just thought of right now. Uh, it would be nice to see him healthy. I know Alvin Gentry just got let go from the head coaching job, so yeah. that's very sad. Um, I don't think he could really help how Zion's with Zion's health, but at a full, uh, if Zion could be fully healthy, I think you could see this team um, being a playoff team. They got the surrounding pieces, but they just need him to be healthy and dominant. So I want him to be back and healthy.
1: Okay, I like that pick. Thank All you. right, our last one is the Beer Crack Award for our favorite player. Who is your favorite player on the Phoenix Suns and in the NBA? All right,
0: so for the Phoenix Suns, my favorite player is Ricky Rubio. He's just he's the glue. He's the guy that holds everyone together. He's not the glue guy, but he's he's the guy that brings everyone together. He has the leadership. He has everything I want in a point guard. For Devin Booker to be beside him, uh, Booker of course is a fan favorite. I'll probably end up getting a Booker jersey soon, mm-hmm. but. I'm just going to choose Ricky Rubio because I think he was just such a big addition to this team and really just not really seen as that by a lot of people. But I feel like if it wasn't for him, a lot of the success would not be happening with the Suns right now, especially in the bubble. But for the whole season, he was there for the Suns. He was injured a little bit, but honestly, anytime he's on the court, I trust him to be um, a great leader for this team.
1: And what about in the NBA?
0: In the NBA? um, My favorite player is
1: just say LeBron. (laughs) I mean, you're giving him an MVP when he doesn't <laughs> oh deserve God, one.
0: Dude. Yeah. No, I think it's LeBron. LeBron's definitely my favorite player. So I'm going to go LeBron. Okay. I, just, I can't get over him. He's a fantastic player. <laughs> Even though he's the Lakers, sorry. I know yeah. I hate the Lakers, but sorry, man. I know.
1: Well, I mean, and he can't get over looking at himself in the camera every chance yeah. he can no, in he the bubble.
0: It's a Capricorn thing, dude. That's how, <laughs> oh, yeah, that's why I like LeBron so much. We're both Capricorns. There you so. go.
1: <laughs> well, my favorite player for the, uh, the Phoenix Suns, my Beer Crack Award winner, is DeAndre Ayton. And, again, I'm with you. Like, I love Devin Booker. I appreciate Devin Booker. Um, he's somebody who I – the Suns are nobody without him but I have a DeAndre Ayton jersey. Am I overly critical of DeAndre Ayton? Yes, without a doubt. Why? Because he's my favorite player. Because I want him to be truly and utterly great. And he has all of the tools there, and I feel like he's putting them all together. And again, he's young. He's 22. And I'm so excited for next season because he's going to add more to his game because he's consistently showed the ability to do so. And he's going to be in an, an environment that fosters that growth. And I just, I'm so excited for him going into next season. As for my beer crack award winner in the NBA, it's Kawhi Leonard. I love watching Kawhi Leonard play. I mean, that's what it comes down to. Is who yeah. do I enjoy yeah. watching play? If the Suns aren't on the TV, who do I enjoy watching play? And it's Kawhi Leonard. I and mean, he's, not he a, is,
0: he's not a bitch either. Like he no, plays the best basketball. He
1: does. He doesn't complain. Uh, he's born June 29th. So I don't know. What's that make him? I have no idea. Me neither. <laughs> he's not a Capricorn. <laughs> so I was really hoping I was looking him up and he'd be a Libra like I am. I'm like, and because he's a Libra. <laughs> oh, man. But, but he's not. So yeah. I'm going to run this back and just remind all of our Jamster listeners of the Jammy Award winners for the 2019 and 2020 season. The Big Dick Book Award. Both Matthew and I give it to Devin Booker for the Suns. As for the NBA, I give it to Giannis. And Matthew gives it to LeBron. The Skeleton Key Award for the player who unlocks everything for his team. Ricky Rubio is who we unanimously give it to on the Suns. Chris Paul for me and Kemba Walker for Matthew on the NBA level. The Matthew's Dad Award for the sixth man. I gave to Mikhail Bridges. Matthew gave to Javon Carter. And then Matthew gave it to Dennis Schroeder of Oklahoma City. And I gave it to the Lou williams Montreal's harrell combo coming out of Los Angeles the Mad Max Award winner for the most improved player this season because Mad Max 2 was so much better than Mad Max 1. We both agree that it's both DeAndre Ayton for the Suns and Brandon Ingram for the New Orleans Pelicans. If you look at the Uncle Jesse Katsopoulos Award for the best hair, uh, I gave it to Aaron Baines and Matthew gave it to Kelly Oubre on the Suns. And then if you look on the NBA level, Matthew gave it to Lonnie Walker prior his haircut and the story that involved the haircut and the reasoning behind it, and I gave it to the Nets' Jared Allen. The Surprise the Fuck Out of You Award, for the guy who surprised the fuck out of you this year, Matthew gave it to Cam Johnson, I gave it to Javon Carter, and then Matthew gave it to Jason Tatum at the NBA level, and I gave it to the Heat's Duncan Robinson. The Bob Gunton Award, who played the warden on Shawshank Redemption for the Defensive Player of the Year, we both concurred that it was Mikhail Bridges for the Phoenix Suns, and Matthew gave it to Giannis Antetokounmpo, and I gave it to Kawhi Leonard. The acid Jeans Award for the most washed player, aka How the Fuck Is This Guy Getting Minutes Award. We both gave to Ellie Acobo, the Frenchman, and I gave it to the Spaniard, JJ Berea, whereas Matthew gave it to the entire Lakers supporting cast. <laughs> the National Media Award for the guy you can't trust, Matthew gave it also to Ellie Acobo, and I gave it to Booker's three point shooting. And then on the NBA level, Matthew gave it to Eric Bledsoe, and I gave it to Portland's defense. The Steely Dan back. Jack Do It Again Award for the guy you want to bring it back to do it again next year. I said Dario Sarge. Matthew said the entire team. And on national level, Matthew thinks Zion Williamson and I think DeMar DeRozan. And last but not least, the Beer Crack Award for our favorite player, Matthew is Ricky Rubio for the Phoenix Suns. Mine is DeAndre Ayton. And on a national level, Matthew loves him. Some Capricorn, LeBron James. And mine is (laughs) Hawaii Leonard, who's born in late June. And I don't know what exactly that is. So there you go. That is it. That is it for our first inaugural jammy awards. Uh, kudos to all of the players who earned a jammy. You got to give it up for him, right, Matthew?
0: Yeah. <laughs> Very good guys. <laughs> first year, but we'll see if we have any repeats next year.
1: Exactly. You know, you got to work hard to get them jammies. So you do. And I actually think that that's going to be it for this edition of the Suns jam session podcast. We do have some fantastic mailbag questions, uh, a dumb trade of the week that came from another listener. And we want to do the lottery preview as well, but we're going to save that all for our Tuesday podcast. So make sure you stop back in and listen to that one to hear all of that great stuff. Uh, The jammies just ran long, Matthew. They just ran long.
0: (laughs) Yeah, just ran long, dude. Um, Too many cue card issues, you know. (laughs) And reading issues, right? Reading, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's what I meant. (laughs) Cue card issues. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> well, that's it, ladies and gentlemen, for this edition of the Sun's Jam Session podcast. Make sure you stop by redbubble.com and search for Sun's Jam Session and support the show by uh, checking out some of the apparel that we have there. Um, make sure you stop by Twitter at Sun's Jam and Instagram to follow the show. You can follow us on the Bright Side of the Sun podcast network. Remember to rate, subscribe, and review. You can follow me on Twitter at Darth Voida. You can hit up Matthew on Twitter. i And let us know what you think of the inaugural jammies. Did we get it right? Did we get it wrong? Let us know. Hit us up. But uh, that's it for me. I'm going to go watch the end of that Portland-Memphis game and finish this beer.
0: All right. Well, that was a lot of fun. Everyone go home and love your family.